And on the line with us right now is Mario Economo. He is a former banker who has worked in New York, London, and Zurich for large money center banks, raised in Europe and the Middle East, and educated right here in the United States. Welcome back uh, to the Cats Roundtable. Mario, tell us what is going on in Europe overseas. I, I know their economy is also in turmoil. Yes, good morning, everybody. Thank you for having me on the program. Indeed, it is. The economy is in turmoil. Uh, one big story that did come out, of course, from the United Kingdom this week was that the Bank of England raised its policy rate rather aggressively, and it currently stands at 3%. There is some discussion that that will also be increased before the end of the year and going into next year uh, by a further 25 basis points, which would take it to 3.75%. The problem is uh, the United Kingdom is going to be in a rather deep recession, uh, and the Bank of England will have to put the brakes on these rate increases. The pound is expected to actually weaken. It's not going to get stronger. It did have a slight bounce back with the new prime minister that has now recently taken over. However, uh, it is expected that the pound will once again drop, uh, going into next year, into the first quarter of next year. And, of course, that's going to only add to the inflation woes of the United Kingdom, given a lot of their items are imported, and therefore their weaker currency is going to make it more costly to buy things. On continental Europe, roughly the same thing is happening. Inflation is very high. Uh, it runs, depending on the country, uh, it can run from 17 to 22% on the high end, and it can also run on the low end for anywhere from 8 to 10%. This also is not good because this is putting a tremendous amount of pressure on consumers in both the Eurozone and the European Union, and the only thing that saves everybody in Europe thus far is the fact that it has been very mild weather-wise, which means requirements for heating have been far lower than they normally should be at this point in the year. That being said, once it does get cold, the reserves the uh, EU currently holds, the various countries currently holding natural gas, um, will be depleted, and then we expect to once again see natural gas prices, wholesale prices, bounce back up, and that will then have a further impact and increase inflation even higher. Mario Economo, what if the United States began drilling again? Wouldn't we be able to help our partners in Europe rather than them having to rely on, say, I don't know, Russia? Because with, with winter upon us, it's, it's not looking good. Well, you raise a very interesting point uh, with respect to drilling and with respect to natural gas. Uh, currently, the U.S. is the number one uh, exporter, uh, rather, is the, the EU, the U.S. is the number one importer. The EU is the number, sorry, the U.S. is exporting the most LNG to the EU. The second country that's exporting the most LNG to the EU, and most people don't know this, is actually Russia. Now, how can that be, you're going to say, when Russia is supposed to be a sanctioned country? Well, that's because they uh, exempted LNG from being a sanctioned item. So Russia is allowed to continue exporting LNG to the European Union that continues to import it. And America is essentially setting the price. So what the Europeans now have done is they are paying, and by the way, the German Chancellor has formally complained about this, as has the French President to the U.S., that the Europeans are now paying roughly three to four times what they used to pay to the Russians for gas to the U.S., 
But now they're also paying that higher amount to the Russians since they've exempted LNG imports from Russia. So it's a rather bizarre situation, one which is strictly the EU's own making and which is only going to get worse. It's mind-boggling that Russia still has such a stronghold on energy. And what is the latest that's going on on the grounds in Ukraine now? Well, the Ukrainians have uh, engaged in a very uh, strong offensive in the southern part of the country. They seem to be taking some territory back, but it also looks like the Russians are getting prepared for a uh, major offensive to reclaim the territories that the Ukrainians have taken. They're asking all the people that are civilians in that part of the country to actually vacate and leave because they have said that the fighting will become extremely intense. In the meantime, in Kiev, we understand that there are rolling blackouts. The city itself, for the most part, has no electricity, no running water, no working sewage. So the situation on the ground there, the living conditions are very bad. We are all waiting to see what's going to happen on the 15th of November when the G20 meets in Indonesia, uh, where hopefully, uh, where we know President Putin and we know that the, the Ukrainian president will be, as well as the G20 members, and we hope that they will be able to reach some kind of an agreement to end the war. Short of that, uh, I anticipate the Russians will continue to hit infrastructure in the Ukraine, and they will make the living conditions for people on the ground in the Ukraine unbearable. Uh, as far as the EU goes, it's going to depend on how cold the winter is and what's going to happen with respect, respect to the supply of uh, oil and gas. If the supply of oil and gas becomes expensive once again and we see that the inflation continues to go up, you can expect many people in Europe to start voicing their displeasure uh, for the constant support of the Ukraine. Wow. So, Mario Economo, anything else you want to tell the American people? Yeah, what I always like to finish the program on, which has to do with the situation between two NATO members and specifically Turkey and Greece, and the belligerence Turkey continues to show with respect to Greece and its territorial sovereignty. I understand we've seen in the news that the NATO secretary, uh, Mr. Stoltenberg, uh, made his way to Turkey uh, in an effort to thank the Turks for mediating an agreement between the Russians and the Ukrainians uh, to once again open the sea lanes to allow the wheat ships, the ships full of wheat, to make their way through. Uh, the reality is, uh, whereas that's a very... Um, uh, nice uh, gesture by Mr. Stoltenberg. Many of us who are Greek would like to actually see Mr. Stoltenberg takes, make similar gestures to Greece and uh, publicly announce that Greece's territorial sovereignty should not be violated and should not be challenged and that NATO will actually take a position even against another NATO member who decides to become belligerent and to violate the territorial sovereignty of another NATO member. Thus far, we haven't seen him do this, and uh, until we see him do this, many of us will continue to question uh, NATO and whether or not it's a viable organization. Well, that's a question that we've been asking for a very, very long time. So thank you so much, Mario Economo, for all of your insight and wisdom, as always. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Enjoy your day. Thank you.